you have your Bibles this morning, good morning. It's Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter number 14, as we continue on this Father's Day to consider and think about the everyday stories of Jesus. The Lord found, him place, found himself on the earth in many different places. And as he was moving his way, going toward Jerusalem, facing the cross, he shared everyday stories as he went away, as he went along the way. Uh, stories about all kinds of, he illustrated spiritual truth with these stories. If you're a guest with us today, we're honored to have you. I'm Pastor Mike. May the Lord bless you. Welcome to First Baptist Church and to all of our fathers. May the Lord bless you. May you have a good special day today. And may you continue to walk with Jesus and lead your family uh, to follow the Lord every day. So we were here last week and we read these words. So the Lord had been invited to the table of a famous Pharisee, religious leader, and uh, the lawyers. They were all there. They were there by invitation. This will be very important for you today as you're finding your place and hearing me as I try to set the stage for us here. So they were all there by invitation. The only ones who came uh, and the Lord Jesus was included in this uh, meal, Passover meal. And so the Lord was observing all of those who were trying to find their place. And, and uh, there were a lot of important people there, including the Lord Jesus. So everybody was trying to hurry and get to, their, to the special places, the important places, toward the head of the table. And, and uh, the Lord noticed that and he told this story about not going. To, and remember now, the stories of the Lord Jesus, sometimes people try to take every line, every phrase, and make that this, that, and the other. No, actually the stories generally have one truth, each of these stories, and there are exaggerations in the stories to help point you to the real truth. So that's why some of you who are in here and you've been in church a long time like I have, you know these stories, you say, oh, I know that story, but do you really know the meaning? That's what we're trying to get to today. So the Lord had been invited and these other special ones were invited. There were people hurrying in, trying to find their place to get in alongside of the people they wanted to sit by. And the Lord said, no, when you go to a meal, you don't sit at the head of the table. You go to the least place and then you ask for them to invite you up uh, so that you'll have a better place at the table. The Lord was not saying this is the way you do it, literally. And so you always go to the least place and you expect somebody to invite you to be higher. That's a form of of self-flattery and pride. That's not what, it's an exaggeration. The point is, when you go to the meal, just go and sit down and quit worrying about which is the important place and which is not. And that's what he came to the truth of verse 11. This is a truth now for every person in this room. This is a truth now for me, it's a truth for you. We see it illustrated in the news every day. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. That's the facts. Everyone, men, women, boys and girls, students, every, rich and poor, all of us, everyone who exalts himself, I'm first, I'm the most important, pushes ourselves forward. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So he was speaking that first story to all of those who were trying to find the special seats. Now he turns and talks to the man <clears throat> who invited him to the meal. And he says an additional story 
And then we'll find that a man at the table says something to praise God in verse 15. And then the Lord speaks to him. There's, so at the table, a lot of conversations going on. That's what's going to happen today, Father's Day. What kind, whatever kind of table you gather at today. Always eating meals together. Now listen, this is my linkage here. All, when you have eating in the Bible, it is, a, it is a, a description of fellowship with other people. People are most natural and people are at their most comfortable when they're at a meal together. When they're eating with their friends and they're telling stories and they're laughing and they're cutting up and <clears throat> doing all the things they do. Eating is a great place. The table is a great place for fellowship. It's a, it's a wonderful thing that I know in your families, you'll work on table time with your family. You can't get it done in the car eating a hamburger. You can't get it done anywhere else. You, get, you have to sit down, clean off the table. I know some of you are going to be shocked, but all of that junk piled on that table in your house, clean it off. It's an amazing place. You can eat there together. You just got to do some housework. So all of this is happening at the table, <clears throat> this long conversation. And I ask some of you again, <clears throat> we believe every word in the word of God is, is true without error. And all of these words are placed in God's word. So this is very important for us to study and understand. So now we read, now the Lord turns to his host. <clears throat> and he says in verse 12, <clears throat> He went on to say to the one who had invited him. Now, please notice as I'm reading how many times you're going to hear the word or read the word invite or invited. Please notice <clears throat> frequency of words as you read your Bible are important. They signal to you. They give you a key to what you're learning. He also went on to say to the one who had invited him. <clears throat> when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may also invite you in return and that will be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those who were reclining at the table, remember now in the, old, in the days of the Lord Jesus, they reclined on a couch with their feet away from the table. It was a little bit different the way they ate. So he's not sleeping. He's not laying down. He's reclining in this position. And he's, but he's at the table where the Lord's, he's been an invited guest. He says to the Lord Jesus, when the Lord said these words, he heard it and he said to the Lord Jesus, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Talking about the promise of fellowship with God in heaven. Table on the earth, table in heaven. But he, that is the Lord Jesus, said to the man who was saying this. So here they are having this conversation at the table. And now the Lord gives another story. <clears throat> and this is our story for today. A man was giving a big dinner. Now please remember, notice, watch the word invited. 
or invite. A man was giving a big dinner and he invited many. That's a very important phrase. <clears throat> and at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. Come, everything is ready now. Come, the slave's out. He's out sending the word, the message. <clears throat> there were no texts, there were no phones. So the slave goes in person to all those that have been invited, the many who have been invited. Come, all of you invited ones. Everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The one said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and for that reason I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported this to his master. Now remember, exaggeration. The story exa exaggerates certain things to get your focus. Then the head of the household became angry and said to the slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city. And notice the phrase, bring in here, bring in here, not invite them, but bring in here the poor, the crippled, blind and lame. And the slave said, master, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. 23. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel. The word compel means in the original language to beg or to, to, to plead. Beg them to come in. So it's in inviting them, going and bringing them in and now begging them to come in so that my house may be filled. Notice now what the master says to the slave. These are very important words. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We, we pray today that you would bless the reading of your word. On this Father's Day, we pray for the least of these. We pray for foster children. What do, what do foster children do on Father's Day? We pray and we ask that you would continue to call out foster parents, not only in our church, but in many, many places and churches in Tennessee. Thank you for providing for these children as you are. You are their father. You are the father of the fatherless. On this Father's Day, we honor you because you take care of all and you provide for all in miraculous ways. We ask now that the Holy Spirit of God would help us to understand this very important teaching of the Lord Jesus, this story, for it has eternal consequences. And we thank you for the time we have in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the story today illustrates a spiritual truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, and here's the focal truth that I'll build around my comments around today, that is that Jesus invites everyone to fellowship with him and refuses everyone who rejects his invitation for fellowship. Now I'm going to say it again. Jesus invites everyone 
to have fellowship with Him, to come and have a relationship with Him. But the Lord also refuses those in the end, after the, after the pleading, after the invitations have been given and given and people have continued to say no, no, no and make excuses. In the end, those who reject the invitation to come and be with the Lord Jesus, He rejects fellowship with Him. So I have three observations I want you to make. Verse number 14 is the first one. Jesus rewards those who invite the uninvited to their fellowships. So we read here in 14. Uh, we'll go back up and read in 12. Again, when you give a, a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your, sis or your relatives, rich neighbors. Otherwise, you, they may invite you in return and you'll have... You, you, and, and uh, you'll be repaid, verse 13, but when you give a reception, invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind. And you'll be blessed, since they do not have the means to repay you, and you'll be rewarded. Jesus rewards those who invite the uninvited to their fellowships. Number two, as found in verse 15, Jesus invites everyone to enjoy fellowship with Him on earth and in heaven. The man at the table got it. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And in this room, <clears throat> those of us who have accepted the invitation to come and have a relationship with Jesus, we will eat at the table of the Lord like we do at the Lord's Supper in anticipation of fellowship and eating with the Lord in heaven. Remember, if you're worried about the eating part, you're missing it. Eating is an expression of fellowship. It's the best expression of fellowship. And then our other observation is this, and it's found in verse 24. Jesus refuses to have fellowship with those who reject His invitation for fellowship. Some of you who may be in church today, or you hearing my voice, you have continued to reject and refuse the invitation to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Master said to the slave, none of those men who were invited... And the implication is who refused. They, invite, they were invited and they made an excuse and refused to come. Shall taste of my dinner. I want us to begin by thinking about something perhaps we've not considered. The Lord says when you give a reception, verse 14, invite poor, crippled, lame, blind, and you'll be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you. He's talking about He's talking about inviting the uninvited. I want this church for a moment to think about the uninvited. I ask you this today. Who gets invited to your special events? Oh, some people don't make the cut. You see, there's always an invitation list and there's always another group. Well, we don't always write it out. The uninvited, the invited and the uninvited. That's the way we do it. And we have a lot of reasons why some people don't get invited. Who gets invited to your special events? First Baptist Church. Who gets invited? First Baptist Church. All the classes of this church. All the fellowships. I'm speaking to us all. Who gets invited to our events? 
Is it just all of us who know each other? You see, this is very important because they were, they, he was, the Lord Jesus was at an event that had a special invitation. Only those who had been invited, these famous lawyers and Pharisees, were able to come with the Lord Jesus present. Nobody else was there, the uninvited. I have all of my ministry life and have continued to think about it. I'm going to now share something with you. I've never, I don't think I've ever told this church this, but it's a burden I've always carried. All of my life, standing and preaching in rooms where the building was never full, always seeing empty chairs. There's lots of reasons for it. That's not the important thing, but I'll tell you what the empty chair tells me. Somebody hasn't been invited. That's what an empty chair in the worship house tells me. Somebody hasn't been invited. Well, maybe we got busy because we had all these invitations. We had all this stuff to get ready for. We, how are we going to have time to go invite some more? Or we might run out of potato salad. We might not have enough tea. Well, we can't invite everybody because it's also going to be very crowded. I ask you as we begin, who comes to your events? Have you ever invited someone new to your family gathering? Oh, we got lots of family gatherings going on these days. You ever invite the stranger to go, well, Pastor Mike, in these days you can't trust a stranger. I want to remind you, you do know you're a stranger to other people too that don't know you. You do know that, don't you? Who gets invited to our parties? Who gets invited to our events? Every chair in this building, I hope you never forget it. Every chair in this building reminds us of the uninvited. The uninvited are all around us. They're the people who can't, number one, some of them can't get here. They cannot get here. They're the uninvited. Some we wouldn't want here because they don't quite line up. They don't believe everything we believe and have it all together. They're the uninvited. Now, after all, you got to come in here and know some stuff to show up up here. All around us are the uninvited. You see, the foster child cannot repay you. The poor, they cannot repay you. They're just trying to find a way to get by. The helpless, they cannot repay you. The stranger cannot repay you. If you're looking for something, see, this is the exaggeration. Listen, my dear friends, the Lord's not saying, uh, oh my, well, we, we're in trouble. The Lord said, I can't invite all my friends and neighbors to my thing. You're missing the point. That's not the point of the story. The point of it is don't invite all the ones you know. Invite people you don't know. Invite the uninvited. And I submit to you today that all around this church building, all around this neighborhood, all around this region, many of us drive from all kinds of places to here. All of this region, there are uninvited people all around us. Some of them are your neighbor. Some of them work beside you. You think, well, they would never come. How do you know? You've never invited them. Don't say no for someone before you ask them. The Lord is pressing upon us here the matter of invitation. Invitation and fellowship and relationship. Some of you came to know the Lord because somebody took the time to invite you. And you came and your life's never been the same. In the law of God... Deuteronomy 16, I'll just read it to you. In the feast, feast of booze, 
when the Jewish people would gather for their feasts, it wasn't just the Jews who were invited. This is in the law of God. Some of you like to check me out. Deuteronomy 16, 14 to 15. You shall rejoice in your feast, your son and your daughter, your male and your female servants and, and the Levite and stranger and orphans and widows who are in your towns. Everybody, strangers, widows, and orphans are joined together with the families for the feast. Who gets invited to your table? Do you think everybody has a place to go on Easter? you think everybody has a place to go on Christmas? you think everybody's got a place to go and have a meal with anybody? You see, this is a matter that the early church understood this better than we modern church. We're caught up in our own stuff. We're caught up in our own cycle. I mean, after all, how in the world are we going to do it if we got to put more people on the list? Well, we're just going to have to figure it out. I submit to you today... That First Baptist Church needs to remember that reward comes not because we all get together and we're all pals. You see, we're together enough, it's like, you know, we know each other so well. It's like somebody said to me, oh, Pastor Mike, you look like you're getting a little bit fatter. Well, I am. I've been eating a lot of bread. I've been doing a lot of stuff that I shouldn't eat. I like honey buns. What was it Brother Greg McCoy said? The breakfast of champions, honey buns. Well, I just eat two. We're so familiar. Oh, bro, Brother Mike, did you get a new pair of shoes? Oh, are you driving another car? We're together so much, we know everything about each other. And I submit to you the empty chairs in here remind us there are other people who've never been asked how fat or how skinny they are. They're not even included. They don't even know how to get up here or where to go when they come up here. This is about us. Reward comes when we pay attention to those who don't pay attention to us. Reward comes when we say we will take care of the least. The strangers drive up here and they let their children off for the CDC. We're proud we've had a CDC program for 30 years plus. Strangers, they drive up and pull up. Do we know their names? Does anybody come up here and see them? Do we talk about what they need in their families? Pre-K, same thing. I'm just illustrating Brother Ken just had sports camp. We had the uninvited that came. They came when they were invited. We've had our uh, ping pong balls. Ryan's invented ping pong balls. And who's your one? And he tells me and he tells the church about 20% of us just even bothered to fill one out and say we have one. And we're going to try to share the gospel. 20% of this church. After all, you're, we're busy, right? We got a lot to do. I mean, what will we do? What, what, what would we say if there was somebody at our table who didn't know? You see, it was the practice of the early church. They would leave an empty chair. The point of the empty chair is there's somebody not here that should be here. You see, we're rewarded by the Lord when we do the work that He calls us to do. Each man's work will be evident. This is what's going to be for you and me when we die and we stand one day before the judgment seat of Christ, not for salvation, but to judge us for what we've done. What have you done with your time on earth for the gospel and for the uninvited and for the lost? Well, the Word of God says, 1 Corinthians 3, every one of us, our work will be made evident before God 
before the Lord Jesus. The day will show it, and it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test the quality of our work. And if any man's work remains, he will receive a reward. Yes, we're rewarded. Oh, I know. We humbly say, well, I'm not seeking a reward. Okay, that's fine. But as we serve and trust the Lord and do what He calls us to do and pay attention to people who don't even know how to follow the... who don't know anything about the Lord Jesus, how to follow the Lord Jesus, there's reward for that. That's our work. That's our job. And so now we recognize this important principle. I hope you won't forget it. We're here to invite the uninvited, not each other. We're here to invite the uninvited. It's time for this church to get busy inviting the uninvited and fill this place for the glory of God. It's time. Secondly, Jesus invites everyone to enjoy fellowship with him on, in heaven and on earth. And so the man cries out, blessed is everyone, verse 15, who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Have you, ever, have you ever been invited to a very famous person or an important person's event? You even got a, some kind of fancy uh, invitation in the mail. You picked it up and it was, wow, I've been invited to this? Me? Why, you checked your schedule immediately and you did whatever you could do not to miss that invitation. Did you turn down that famous person's event? Well, you better had a good reason for it. Now the Lord reminds us of these invited guests at this big dinner. Many were invited. I'm at verse 16. And then they all, and the, and the promise was made. Everything's ready. You don't have to bring a thing. You just come. Everything's prepared. Come, verse 17. For everything is ready now. Just like the gospel. Just like we say to people. You don't have to work to be saved. You don't have to do something to, to, to gain eternal life and forgiveness from God. It's already been done. Everything's finished. It is finished. Jesus has died for our sins. He's provided a way for us to have eternal life. Come, everything's ready. But what happens? Well, you've got excuse one. I bought a piece of land. I need to go out and look at it. I've always read that and thought, why didn't he go look at it and then go buy it? What kind of a guy is this? Boy, what a lame excuse. Well, I just bought this land. I've got to go look at it. Excuse me. Second one. Well, I've just bought a tractor. That's what he's saying in essence here, verse 19. You know that. You Dixon people understand. I just bought... Five yoke of oxen. You do understand what that is. It's a tractor. I just got a tractor and I got to go try out my tractor. I can't come. And we all know the third excuse. Boy, this one goes a long way. I have married a wife and now she tells me everything to do. That's it. I can't come. Excuses. We go to people and we say, did you know the Lord Jesus Christ died for your sins? He loves you. You can have a personal relationship with Him. Your life can be changed. And they say, I'm not interested. I'm too busy. I don't even believe in all of that Jesus stuff. I, I don't think there's anything to it. I think you're crazy. 
But you see, it's not my job to worry about what they say. It's my job to be like the slave. And so the excuses have been made. The slave says, come, it's ready. They all make an excuse. He goes back and tells the boss, verse 21. The boss is upset again. We sometimes want to say, well, this is God. This story is just about a master who becomes upset. And then what does he say? Go, get, go bring in those who can't, who can't get here on their own. That's what the church is about. I thank God when I was a boy, I had the opportunity to be in a church that had a bus ministry. Uh, we, we went and got kids on the bus. I started as a teenage boy. It was a, it was a blessing to watch and see those bus kids come up and respond to the gospel and be saved. Some of them became pastors and preachers. I still think of them today and what they're doing. They were on a bus. They weren't going to ever get to come. Their mom and dad weren't going to bring them to the church house. Who do we know that can't get to the church house? I'm telling you, I saw all kinds of nice, fancy, brand new cars sitting all over this parking lot. You might have to get your car dirty for somebody to ride to church. Who do we know that can't get here? That are the uninvited. Let's go get them. You see, the promise is that we'll have fellowship with the Lord forever. The marriage supper of the Lamb. I just read it to you. Revelation 19 says, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You see, the gospel is... An invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to be in fellowship with the Lord Jesus, the church, the bride of Christ forever. Hallelujah. We cannot even understand nor fathom nor describe what eternal fellowship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ will be like. Nevertheless, it's coming for all of us who are saved. Fellowship with God now and fellowship with God forever in eternity. It's like a table. It's like a supper. The marriage supper of the Lamb. I remind you the Lord Jesus calls disciples and gives the invitation for them to follow. But we don't always like, we sometimes think we have to apologize for the way the Lord says, uh, come to me and follow me and believe in me. We, we have to tone it down. Well, let's read the words of the Lord that are found right here in Luke. You can just turn to it. Luke chapter 9. Just turn over there quickly. I want you to see this. I know what time it is. We've got to finish this. I want you to hear this. Here's the invitation of the Lord for people to come and have a relationship with Him. Luke 9, 23. If anyone wishes to come after me. That is, if you want to be a follower of me. Luke 9, 23. You must deny yourself. Notice, you must, you must, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake, you give up everything. You give up your job amb ambitions. You give up whatever you want to do. You give up every ambition and desire you have. Say, I'm going to follow Jesus and whatever he wants to happen in my life is going to happen. You give it all up. Whoever, whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I read you another one. Luke chapter 14. This one's a hard one. But it's an important one for us to understand. It's the call to discipleship. This means how do you follow Jesus? You see, when we come to know the Lord and we're baptized over here. 
Baptism doesn't save us. Baptism is a testimony that says, look, I am committed to following Jesus as a disciple all the rest of my life. Well, the Lord said in Luke chapter 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, it's Father's Day, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I don't know how the Lord could make it any clearer. The picture, again, it's an exaggeration. He's not saying you hate people. He's saying that your devotion to me, following me, is so strong, it makes all the other relationships in your life look as if you despise those people. Is that true for you today? So there is this slave who's inviting, bringing them, and compelling them. It gets to the point where we beg people to be saved. Oh, I'm not going to beg anybody. Why not? They're on their way to hell. If we really believe people are going to die and go to hell, what means would we take? You see, unless you've talked yourself out of it. Unless you've convinced yourself, well, you know, really everybody, the Lord's just saying these things to scare people, but everybody's really going to go to heaven. Do you really, do you believe that the Lord is lying? We're confronted today with the Lord talking to us about how we're invited and we either say yes or no, and how we then go and invite. It's not my task to worry whether they say yes or no. It's my task, what did he say here twice? Go. Verse 21, go. Verse 23, go. Slave, go. It's time to go. I want my house filled. I want it to be done. And then we discover that the master, after it's all said and done, he makes the statement. This is the statement that ties the story together. For I tell you, none of those who were invited that made the excuses and didn't come shall taste my dinner. You see, those who refuse the invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus will miss eternal fellowship with Him. The Lord said this, actually, in Luke 13. Now, let's just go over to Luke 13 as we finish, and we'll let the Lord say these words to us, and you can apply them. The Lord's walking along the way. He's going along. And someone asked Him a very important question. Boy, it's a question that a lot of people ask in the church today. He was passing through, this is Luke 13, 22. He was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there a few who are being saved? Are there a few who are being saved? And he said to him, to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. Boy, isn't it interesting? The Lord didn't say, well, just believe. He says, strive to enter through the narrow door. You know why? So many things will keep you from following Jesus and believing and being saved. So many things. So many relationships. So many possessions. So many things. You've got to strive. You've got to believe when the rest of the world mocks and laughs at us and says, you still believe in a God? That's a, that's a chemical reaction in your brain. There's not really a God. You evolved from a rock and cosmic dust. Don't you really know? 
You're a fool. Strive. Strive to enter through the narrow door for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. You see, they won't. They won't go through the narrow door of the Lord Jesus. They won't come and deny themselves and commit themselves to follow Jesus and make all of their other relationships seem as though they hate them. Notice he says, I tell you, many will, will not be able to enter. Once, this is important now, once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place, that is on the outside, those who cannot get in, those who are left out of heaven, those who are left out of a relationship with God in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the peoples in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves being thrown out. And they will come from east and west and from north and south and will, wait a minute, recline at the table in the kingdom of God and behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. There is a great table set in heaven for all who enter through the narrow door and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who will experience eternal fellowship with God. How can we understand what is un, uncomprehendable? Well, the Lord says it. It's like a table. It's the place everybody likes to go. It's a table. It's a, it's a special table where all the family gathers to celebrate birthdays and time together and all special seasons. It's a table. It's a special table. And it is set in heaven for all who will believe. Yes, he was saying this to warn these Jews who would not believe in him. But it's a greater warning than just the Jews. It's a warning to anyone who's here. It's a warning to the world and all who live on it. If you refuse the invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, you will be left out forever. Forever and ever and ever. That should surely stir some of us. That includes our family members. That includes those who will not believe who are our friends. We do everything else with them, but they will not bow the knee to the Lord Jesus. That's what stirs us to go and find the uninvited and get them in here. However we have to do it, we have a desperation and an urgency about it. We invite the uninvited until the Lord calls us home. That's what the church does. What do we remember today as we go? Well, I appeal to you today. Come to Jesus for eternal life. Listen, I'll just, I'll just say the words from the story today. Here's what the slave said. Come, everything is ready. You can be forgiven. You can be freed from your addictions. 
You can overcome hatred and bitterness from your past life. You can live in the joy of Jesus and victory and peace. You can have the peace of God in your mind. You can be settled for once in your life and you don't have to be dominated and controlled by covetousness or ungodly desires and passions. You, everything's ready. Everything's ready. He who believes in me, the Lord said, will have eternal life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, he shall live. That's the promise for all of us who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must go with urgency and share it with others. The book of Revelation ends this way. Revelation 22. The Spirit and the Bride. That's the church. The Spirit and the church say, come. Do you know one of the things we join the Holy Spirit in doing? Inviting the uninvited to come to Jesus. That's what we do. That's what we're saved to do. Write your invitations out. Make your list of the uninvited. And share with them the gospel so that they may, may, may be saved. You see, those who are invited and accept the invitation to believe are the chosen. There's a lot of people talk about who the chosen are. Who are the chosen? Who's, re who are, who's really saved? The Lord said in Matthew twenty two fourteen, many are called. The word is invited. Few are chosen. What? He flips it two ways. God chooses those who say yes to the invitation. You want to know if you're chosen? Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's how you know it. That's how you know it. Am I one of the chosen? Many are called and invited. Few are chosen, which means they accept the invitation. So what happened in your life and mine? At some point along the way, somebody gave you the invitation. That's why at the end of church, we give an invitation, old-fashioned. We invite people in the building to step forward and say yes to Jesus. And we have for a lot of years. So today we invite, to, then we leave here, we go invite, we go invite, we go invite. I, how do we know who the chosen are? You got to share the gospel. Whoever believes is the chosen one. Don't make it harder than it is. Some of you really complicated. You've had a, what, do you, what happens when you eat too much ice cream? You get a brain freeze. You'll get one if you do the wrong things with this. You see, believers must invite the uninvited. I know I've said it over and over. I'm trying to make a point. It's time for First Baptist Church to get back on the focus of not those who are here, but those who are not here. We exist for those who are not here. That's why we're here until Jesus comes to get us. And don't refuse the invitation of discipleship. Some of you say, well, I'm saved, but I've still got some things I want to do. Listen, if you've said, Lord Jesus, you don't have anything to do but what the Lord says for you to do. If he tells you to move, you should move. If he tells you to change jobs, you should change jobs. <laughs> if he tells you on Father's Day, you got to go see somebody and visit with them about their soul, you go do it. 
Just take your cake with you. You can eat it on the way. So today we read these very, very important words. They are a warning to us. They're out of the mouth of this master to the slave. I tell you, none of those men who were invited and who made excuses will taste of my dinner. My friend, don't leave this place without the assurance. What did Brother Dave lead us to do? What did the choir lead us to do? To think about blessed assurance of knowing that we are saved and that we have a place at the table. Glory to God in heaven forever. To the praise of the glory of His grace. The Lord is near to the door, nearer than He's ever been to coming. How we must be urgent to invite the uninvited before the judgment of God, like has never been on the earth. We pray, come Lord Jesus.